Welcome to Grand Turbo MoneyCast, where you will hear the answers to many of your investment questions. The material you are about to receive is neither a solicitation nor an offer to buy or sell any securities. Please remember, all investments bear risk. Now, on to our show featuring Gregory Anderson, CEO of Granderson Wealth Management Group in Denver. Hi, I'm Steve Koch with Grand Turbo Moneycast. And as always, we have the eminent Gregory Anderson of Granderson Wealth Management Group with us. Hello, Steve. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, thanks. And the topic today is a very interesting, but especially a timely one. It's going to be, we're going to be talking today about the Inflation Reduction Act, which was a bipartisan bill by U.S. Congress uh, last month. Most of you have already heard about it. Uh, it's a little complex. There are a huge number of facets to it. And we're going to be talking today about some of the things. We're going to talk about what it says, and we're going to be talking about some of the things that it does, some of the things that it doesn't do. Right, Gregory? That's correct. Uh, and we're going to talk about you know, how investors might be able to benefit from the in, uh, Inflation Reduction Act. And I'm going to try not to abbreviate it as IRA because that gets confusing. It's very confusing <laughs> using IRA. I wonder why and they the, decided to use those. Because they didn't care about those initials. of us who Correct. specialize in IRAs. Correct. Um, we're also going to get, at the end of this, the investment tip of the month, which is a special one. <laughs> Gregory already gave me a tip to what it's going to be. Um, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But Gregory, let's go ahead and start right with it and talk about what the Inflation Invest Reduction Act is. What, is, what does it really do? Do, it, does it re reduce inflation? I think it's a misnomer, Steve, in, in actuality. So we've experienced some of the most dramatic inflation over the last 40 years, and uh, with inflation being roughly about 8.6% right now, we did have a little bit of a decline uh, with the number in July. And the, and the Federal Reserve has a goal of about, what, 2%? Correct. Correct. And so I think a lot of people think that it's going to happen overnight, and that's the reason why I say it's a misnomer that it's the Inflation Reduction Act. But there are really three areas that it's designed to help uh, reduce inflation. However, it's not going to happen immediately. We see that this is going to be a bill that's about $737 billion in revenue raised. And the expenditure is about $437 billion. So the savings of roughly $300 billion is really a reduction um, in the federal deficit. So that's really what we're going to see. So a lot of people say, well, why, why is that important? And it's because if uh, we have uh, fewer dollars flowing, that should reduce inflation is really what, what happens. And then the other side of that is it's designed to promote renewable energy. And then the second, which will probably be a little bit more immediate, is on the healthcare side. So reduction in pharmaceutical 
drugs that uh, folks are using with Medicare. Uh, Medicare will have the ability to negotiate directly with these pharmaceutical companies to reduce the price of drugs. So I think that that's a, that's a great thing that um, a, really comes into play. That's a, that's a great summary. Thanks for that. Yeah. Now, you are a financial advisor and your clients are concerned about their investment portfolios Correct. and you help them manage the money. <clears throat> so of those three main aspects or elements of the Inflation Reduction Act, you've got, well, supposedly reduces inflation. Correct. There's a big emphasis on renewal, renewable energy and trying to cut healthcare costs of those three, right. which are going to be of most uh, interest to I think your it, clients. it plays into, you know, with the deficit, uh, lower interest rates, you know, because we've experienced a dramatic run up in interest rates, which uh, is inflationary. And uh, as a result, um, we'll, you know, hopefully see a reduce, you know, a reduction in interest rates. So that's, 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 you know, comes into play with buying an automobile or buying a house. Lower interest rates are always nice. The other side of that would be on the energy, renewable energy, as far as investments. Um, there's quite a bit of incentive for companies that are involved with renewable energy like wind, um, manufacturing of batteries, uh, solar, but there's also uh, incentive um, or, you know, we didn't see a reduction in fossil fuel, you know, so you would think, well, you've got this green energy or newer energy that is having some nice incentives, but we didn't see any reduction with oil and gas types of investments where maybe incentives with intangible drilling costs, for example, or they're being penalized as a result of this. Okay. And then the last would be on the drug side, on the healthcare side, which there's really kind of a demographic situation with uh, 10,000 people turning 65 years old through the rest of this decade. And you say, well, Gregory, why is that important? And it's really important because all of those individuals are eligible for the national health care, which is Medicare. So they become part of the health care system. So that's one of the, the areas that I would say. So renewable energy, um, I would say health care would be uh, play plays into it. And then just really just the uh, reduction of interest rates as well. Okay. You opened up a huge number of things that I would love to explore. So okay. I'm going to try to remember them all. First all right. one is, as you just mentioned, the lower uh, interest rates. How does this bill, the Inflation Reduction Act, help with interest rates? And, and if it's helping with interest rates... Why am I reading that the Federal Reserve in a couple of weeks is probably going to boost the interest rates another 0.75%? Correct. Correct. And really, what, what the Federal Reserve is responsible for doing is controlling inflation. So that's one of their major uh, mantras. That's one of mm-hmm. their, that's the area that they really focus on, and that's one of the ways they control it. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, if there's a way to lower interest rates, uh, that also is great for businesses. So businesses that have to produce their products and services, 
Um, when they have to borrow money, it's uh, more economical and also provides uh, uh, opportunities for people that are employed there as well. So uh, I mentioned loans as well as mortgages would be a great way to, um, you know, we would see that right as you're, you know, making a purchase for a car or you're making a purchase for a home. Interest rates are great. And for okay. businesses, if they don't have to pay uh, higher interest rates, then that goes directly to the bottom line and more sure. profits. Mm-hmm. But what aspect of the bill is going to help? Is going to help push interest rates lower? Well, it would be the deficit reduction. So oh. seven hundred and thirty-seven billion, mm-hmm. and then you've got uh, four hundred and thirty-seven billion in total investments uh, with the Affordable Care Act. You've got some energy security and climate change comes into that as well. That's at 437. And as a result of those expenditures, there's a $300 billion savings, which is reducing the deficit. Okay. Um, you said there are, there's $737 billion in revenues That's as a result correct. of this? That's correct. Revenues from what? Well, 15% <laughs> corporate tax. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> so it's now not... we're getting to the nitty gritty, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. So they've got to raise revenue to pay for some of this. So 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 fifteen percent corporate tax. Um, there's also a one percent uh, corporate uh, buyback of. Uh, so if corporations are looking to buy back their stock, there's going to be a one percent tax on that. So those are ways of raising revenue to support this. So as far as the middle class is concerned, there shouldn't be any effect. This is designed to be more on the corporate side. Unless unless these corporations pass those costs directly. And 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 taxes are a cost. Absolutely. Pass them along to consumers. Yes. Yes. That can happen as well. Uh, So so the the corporate tax... What is it right now? If it's not 15%, do you know? Well, the so this is really designed to be a minimum of 15% minimum corporate tax. So okay. corporations are paying more than that. So that's, I'm, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. less than that. They have the ability so that they aren't paying any tax whatsoever. Sure. So there's the carried interest that has really created some issues yeah. with, Folks that look at taxes and the way corporations do not pay taxes, and you're seeing major corporations that we all know that don't pay the tax. And so this is designed to be a 15% minimum tax, to be more clear. And and I read somewhere that this change in the corporate tax law would affect about 100 companies in the United States. Correct. Correct. When you think about it, that's not very many. Right. So they're big companies yeah, but they're like AT&T. Billions, right? billions of yeah. dollars in revenue. So that's, those are, it's really designed to be a way to capture income taxes for folks that may not be paying on the, on the corporate side. Okay. You were talking about renewable energy, that, that aspect of the bill. And you also mentioned that the bill was, at the same time, not harming the fossil fuel industry. Correct. In, in fact, aren't there aspects of the bill that helps the fossil fuel industry? Yes. Can you talk about that? Well, so what 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 I've read at this point is that it's really designed to 
not penalized because it comes into the, um, you know, the, the political aspect, because I think one of the biggest lobbies that we all know is oil and gas. Mm-hmm. So specifically, I don't know that where it would help them uh, it doesn't penalize I them think, is what I understand. I, I think, I think I, I'm pretty sure that they opened up some areas of exploration. Okay. Or that are areas that are now eligible for exploration in the fossil fuel industry that, that previously were not. Okay. And I think this was part of the compromise and the way. So you're that was, talking that was about more on the national. So you're talking about uh, public lands that being sure. able to. Yes. And okay. I think that was one of the components okay. of the bill that helped make this bipartisan, yeah. helped get it through. And, you know, and I think that that probably makes sense. However, as we know, generally speaking, with renewable energy, green energy, those particular industries have been hurt in the past. And there's usually some kind of a trade-off. And so that was my point in that the oil and gas industry is not really being penalized as a result of, mm-hmm. of this new legislation that's being passed. Okay. And the oil and gas industry has been doing pretty well, even in this during this economic downturn. And and you and I had a, a, a conversation earlier, privately, where we were talking about hedges against inflation, and Correct. you even suggested that, Energy. yeah. Absolutely. You, you want, you want, it's, it's do been do one you of the mind perform- digressing into that just well, a little it's, bit? It's been it, one of the better performing uh, sectors over the last year or year and a half. Um, we're seeing roughly about 30% increase in, in that industry. If you're looking at uh, stocks, um, you're looking at prices pulling back a little bit from $130 a barrel in March or so. Uh, we're below $100 a barrel. But to contrast that with March of 2020, it's $20 a barrel. So as a result, Uh, A lot of folks have said, you know, the energy industry needs to claw back some of the profits that they've made, Um, you know, going from $20 to $100 a barrel five times, um, and that translates into profitability, and those companies have done well during this time. Okay. I want to clarify, I've made a couple references to this Inflation Reduction Act as a bipartisan bill, technically. There were no Republicans voting for this. However, major provisions of the bill did, in fact, have bipartisan support. So there you go. Now we're talking about possible uh, investments that people might want to make based on the effects that this bill is having mm-hmm. on various industries. You mentioned healthcare. Correct. Maybe not every part of healthcare, but like pharmaceuticals probably would really benefit, right? Cause well, the- I, I think the pharmaceuticals would probably be one of the probably would not uh, be oh, one of the, the areas because, because of the, the drug cost cap, <laughs> the cap on right, drug exactly. costs. Right, exactly. So I, I think you're gonna you're gonna see yeah you're gonna see it with the insurers, you know the you know United insurance, Health, insurance uh, companies, the Essence, yeah, the Blue Blue Cross Blue Shield, those types okay. of companies would definitely continue to 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 benefit. Again. This remember this is the Inflation Reduction Act, and this is probably one of the most immediate where people will realize this inflation uh, reduction, it would be with with the healthcare side. So I think that, uh, again, 
with the demographics, with the aging of our population, individuals becoming part of the national healthcare, Medicare, that's going to continue through the rest of this decade, just because they are going to be part of that system and there's going to be uh, demands on the system as a result. So pharmaceuticals, um, they've been one of the more profitable areas mm -hmm. in healthcare for a while. And um, the extension of the Affordable Care Act for a few more years, I mean, you would think that, um, you know, some of this stuff has been that um, would be more longer term, but it seems like it's, you know, two years, three years extensions. But this is something that has uh, protected the industry. Um, I, I should say protected the citizens um, against higher health care costs. Okay. Right at the top of the show, you established that you think that the Inflation Reduction Act is a misnomer because you don't think it's really going to directly reduce inflation by a large, significant amount. Well, both sides of the aisle have even admitted. And right. so and I guess the question <clears throat> is, well, if, if I've been touting this $300 billion, and this is what, what the numbers reflect, how long is it going to be? It's not going to be this year. It's not going to be next year, but actually over the next decade. So, uh, okay. Yeah, so it's so a longer, it's a longer almost, term. Yeah, I, 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 sounds like ideally over the next decade. Yes. I mean, it could be 20 Could be. It could years. be. And, and by the way, inflation is not uh, limited to a problem within the United States. No. And, of course, this Inflation Reduction Act is only affecting yeah. you know, business and, and activities in the United States. Right. So... Uh, Outside the United States, of course, the inflation is probably worse than it is here in the yeah. United States. And so this is a way to have this mushroom in terms of reducing inflation worldwide, not only here in the United States. This is really kind of a down payment in regards to these particular industries, particularly with renewable energy, some of the newer green uh, types of um, energy that has the ability to take advantage of technology. And we're, we're seeing that. In fact, technology in the oil and gas industry, just being able to find renewable energy, I'm, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. fossil fuels yeah. under the ground. Sure. I mean, just with the seismic and uh, directional <laughs> drilling is one of the technologies. Mm -hmm. So these types of energy, these types of um, uh, companies have taken advantage of the technology to improve profitability, which in turn uh, causes their price of the stock to go up. Okay. We're talking about looking at this bill as possibly benefiting some uh, investment opportunities like energy and healthcare, right? Correct. Generally. This bill was passed last month and I'm assuming that investors knew right away the impact it was going to have and they decided, well, this bill is now law and so I'm going to go ahead and invest in energy and healthcare. Is it too late to tr take advantage of the the bump that we? Sh I, I assume we got some kind of a bump already. Well, we had a false bump. A false bump. <laughs> that sounds medical. In the medical. last podcast, we talked about that. <laughs> the false bump, but uh, it's the 
you know, the bear rally that we talked about. Yep. And so, you know, we're, we're, we're here on uh, September 3rd and, and it's, uh, you know, we've seen a week of uh, declines in uh, the overall uh, returns. You know, Monday was, you know, we had a pretty good day, but it, it, it appears that we're still in the spare market mm-hmm. sure. situation, the correction that we had talked about before. But to answer your question, I think it's it's a good time to look at these particular industries um, with the renewable energy uh, because of the technology component there, because I'm a big component of uh, technology. I think that portfolios need to have technology in their portfolio and energy, be it uh, the oil and gas or traditional oil and gas industry or renewable energy, because uh, this is the, the wave of the future. So the, the other, the other uh, aspect of this with the renewable energy side of this is that uh, this, this bill is designed to uh, reduce uh, carbon emissions by, you know, 40 percent is what, you know, roughly is what they're looking at. This particular bill has increments of maybe six to maybe 15% is what the experts are saying. But it, it's really, that's where the push is right now. Uh, we're seeing it with electrical vehicles, for example, mm-hmm. just to give you an example of what this bill also provides is an extension of getting tax credits. Uh, so if you buy an electrical right. vehicle, you could get up to $7,500. And I'm not talking about a reduction of your income, but it's a reduction of your taxes. So if your tax bill is $10,000, that $7,500 is reduced to... Because you to, bought an electric vehicle. Yeah, because you bought okay. the electric vehicle. And there are other tax credits. So $2,500 would be your tax bill if it were that situation. So not only with newer EVs, but also with used up to $4,000. Uh, that same tax credit. This is a credit against your income taxes opposed to a deduction. Okay. And most people have to have cars, so they, might, so they might as well at least consider buying mm-hmm. an electric vehicle right. to get that tax credit. However, there's another component of this bill that puzzles me, which is the tax credit they're offering on solar panels. Correct. And I don't know if you've taken a look at the numbers. I have... Mm-hmm. Um, now this is this is a situation where this is kind of an o- solar panels to me that's an option people right. already have furnaces correct and if if they want to buy solar panels typically it's because they just want to feel good about the environment correct or because they think it's going to save them money somehow and obviously if they have tax credits as a result of this bill mm-hmm. that was just passed last month right. if they get these tax credits that makes the solar panels even more attractive as an investment, but I ran the numbers. <laughs> You're getting a 30% tax credit on solar panels. So let me just tell you these numbers okay. they came up with. That's going to cost about. So a sol- typical solar system is going to cost about twenty-five thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that the tax credit then would be worth. Seventy-seven hundred dollars. Okay, meaning you've actually only paid eighteen thousand. Correct for this system. But if I have twenty-five thousand dollars to invest in a solar panel system, that means I also probably have twenty-five thousand dollars that I could invest in the S and P five hundred. And if I do that at 
what's the S&P 500 typical annual growth? Well, what is it? Generally, it's right about 10%. 10%. There you go. Okay. So after 10 years, um, I think I'm looking at more money than the $7,700 that I would have gained by putting it in a solar panel system. So what I would tell you is you're absolutely right in terms of the payback and just looking at the credit that way. But I believe what happens with individuals that are interested in purchasing solar renewable energy types of equipment is that they're also looking at the side of, okay, I'm not having to pay this 200 or $300 a month energy bill. So if it's you know, XL or whatever the energy company is, that also is reduced considerably as a okay. result of the investment. You're right. I did not, so I did not factor in. Yeah, but, and that was the other thing is that, yeah, generally speaking, if a person is going to make that investment with the solar energy panels, more than likely they have the 25000 to make the investment in the S&P 500 as well. Right. But let's say, I think that there's, <laughs> You're making a statement that I am more environmentally conscientious and I'm trying mm -hmm. to uh, reduce my carbon footprint and take advantage of a industry that is, you know, some renewable energy. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So it does make you feel good. Mm -hmm. But from an investment standpoint, I think we also have to look at the additional savings as well with that okay. besides the tax credit so okay. there there's a trade-off but i would tell you that in the past uh and i would say probably in the 70s and 80s when people were looking at it it was not advantageous because there weren't those incentives and the payback was a lot longer okay considering how little this bill is going to do to reduce inflation mm -hmm. in actuality. Correct. How much of this bill do you think is simply political posturing ahead of the midterm elections? It's kind of coincidental it came at this time, right? Correct. Correct. I, I believe that you had a couple senators that were holding this up. As a result, um, it is a political ploy, I believe. But at the same time, I think we also get some good as a result, um, not only from a political standpoint where you have both sides working together because we've had a lot of gridlock in the past. I also believe that it's we have to look at the good of, of what it brings opposed to just the, you know, the political aspect. I think consumers, are, our voters, citizens are, are aware, are acutely aware that it is a is more politically motivated than anything else because it is so mm -hmm. late and the you know i think we're what about 60 or so days away from the midterm elections and so this is one of the ways that the yeah. you know the president is looking to um, uh, show his uh, political prowess uh i i also <laughs> am a little skeptical about the situation when i see such an all-encompassing title for a bill like this called inflation reduction Correct. well okay are we just trying to impress people who maybe aren't willing to get down to the nitty-gritty and they're thinking well at least 
at least the people in power are doing something to try to uh, take take care of this inflation. Well, if you if we talk about the three components, um, you know, we talked about deficit, um, you know, reduction, and we talked about promoting renewable energy, and the third being reducing the price of um, pharmaceuticals or drugs. Um, they're playing directly into one of the most powerful voting block, which is uh, seniors. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you if you're if you're looking at it as an inflation reduction act. Um, that's probably <laughs> it. So that's just, that's that's my that's my interpretation of it. But uh, I mean, we I think we've done a great job in pulling back the covers and seeing what this is you know really mm-hmm. entails. And that's one of the reasons why I said at the beginning is that you know this is a misnomer. And it just really is. And just to put a punctuation yeah. mark on your mm-hmm. description of this mm-hmm. as a misnomer, mm-hmm. I would like to point out that there was a study at the University of Pennsylvania. Are you familiar with sure, this? Sure, sure. Okay. Well, yeah. And it said, what did it say? It, well, it basically said it's going to be a number of years before it actually comes to fruition. Right. Or, or, or if inflation it does, could even increase. Right. That's the other could side. Could even increase. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And, and I think that probably gets a little back to what we discussed earlier, which was are, are the corporations going to just pass these costs, mm-hmm. these so-called costs along to consumers? So. Well, I mean, we're seeing that. That's what, why we have the inflation right now, is yeah. that uh, the prices have been mm-hmm. passed directly on to the consumers. So, yes, absolutely. Yep. That's the reason okay. why we have inflation right now. Well, the whole it's, a, it's an interesting bill. A lot of, there are a lot of components to it. Thanks for describing. Yeah, I think you did a great job well, thank of you. describing all the intricacies of that and how investors might benefit from it. And if people want to call you to get more information on this and to get ideas on specifically where they could invest, um, how could they contact you? Well, we're at uh, GrandersonWealth.com, and then also the phone number is 303-228-3160. Okay. And before we end, as I promise everybody, we have a very interesting investment tip of the month. Go ahead, Gregory. Hit us with that. (laughs) All right. I'm happy to do that. So in light of the renewable energy side of things uh, with the Inflation Reduction Act of 19, uh, I'm sorry, of 2022, what um, my tip of the month is, is uh, actually lithium and nickel. So because of the renewable energy side of it, uh, this is a great way to begin to diversify portfolio in that particular sector. So if you, we all have mobile phones, um, we're seeing um, these types of batteries in everything from vacuum cleaners and not to mention electrical vehicles. And that's one of the ideas that I have that uh, will in the in the long term will probably be a very profitable way to to make money in the market so how would you go about um, investing there even uh, there's even several anticipated my question yeah, yeah. so <laughs> there's several exchange traded funds a way to you know diversify so it's not one particular company but um, there's um, the um, wisdom tree um, WBAT and there's a also uh, another one, LIT, which is a uh, exchange traded fund that I would recommend as well. So that one is the Global X Lithium and Battery Tech ETF, 
And then the uh, wisdom tree, the WBAT, uh, okay. is a symbol for that. Right. And again, um, those uh, are actually one of the better performing ex- exchange traded funds over the last year or so because of the lithium and nickel situation with batteries. Do you have any idea how they've done since the uh, the bill was passed last month? Well, there, we're not seeing anything over the last couple of weeks hmm. okay. uh, that I would say is nominal, but uh, you know, particularly right now, one is up about forty uh, percent. So forty I mean, percent for the year, since, for the last year to date, year, for the last year. Oh, for the last twelve months. Last twelve months. Oh, okay. So, that's, and that's we've seen a lot of dep- yeah, we've seen in terms of the elect, not the electrical vehicles, but. Uh, um, renewable energy or alternative energy uh, in 2020, that was probably one of the better performing areas. And um, so that's the reason why I think that this was probably one of the better ways to get a diversify your portfolio. Mm-hmm. Plus, also do something good, makes you feel good, uh, uh, reducing the uh, carbon footprint as well. Yep. And it ties into our whole discussion about the Inflation Reduction Act, and um, it, it gives it diversifies your portfolio. Chris. Yep. So That's exactly a lot right. of appealing yep. aspects of that. Well, thanks, Gregory. It's been an interesting session. I'm Steve Koch with Gregory Anderson of Granderson Wealth Management Group, and. Um, Thank you very much, Steve, and thank you, Stephanie. I appreciate it, and uh, look forward to our next podcast. Can't wait to find out what it's about. (laughs) You've been listening to Grand Turbo Moneycast, where we discuss some of the most important investment issues affecting your portfolio. Check back regularly for future editions of Grand Turbo Moneycast, and for more information, go to grandersonwealth.com. Have a good day and a grand portfolio.